All right. I think Carla is ready with the recording. All indications would point that way anyway. Yep, we're ready. We're, we're going. Ooh, got to turn that down. All right, that's fine. Uh, that's awesome. So uh, a couple of people were asking about the mobile app, and uh, we might as well come right out and say that, yes, Dojo U has a mobile app, um, which is called Connect Mobile, um, because we use um, Adobe Connect software um, to run our school. Um, they have a mobile app that you can install on uh, a, you know, a Droid. I'm pretty sure Samsung has one, iPhones have one, Blackberries have one. Um, you can get them in the App Store. Um, and that will allow you to watch live sessions like this one. The downside is that the recordings don't use the app. So the recordings just run uh, alone by themselves on a flash module. And so devices that don't support flash do have trouble with the recording. Although usually there's little workaround apps that can work some of the time and so on and so forth. But yeah, the mobile app's really cool. And then uh, Martin uh, entertained us uh, and also enlightened us here by saying, mobile app works great. You've listened to a lot of stuff while driving home from work. And a couple of times he's used a rubber band to attach his phone to the rear view mirror so he can watch and listen while stuck in traffic. Outstanding. Um, that brings no meaning to, uh, to a, a, a hands-free device, doesn't it? <laughs> it certainly does. Absolutely. I wonder if I could broadcast while I was in traffic. See, that would be, you know. Oh, let's not do that. <laughs> I think we know too many oh, cops yeah. that might be on Dojo U. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good point. I wonder if the, can they write us a ticket? I mean. God forbid the day they can write you a traffic ticket over the internet. Well, let's yeah. not find out. <laughs> um, yes, that's right, Richard. So on the iPhone, because Apple and Flash, you know, Apple and Adobe hate each other, uh, Flash recordings don't work very well. Uh, there is an app that some people have been using called Photon. I think it's called. That... Yep. Um, it simulates flash, and then, you know, so uh, a it'll work most of the time with the recordings, and then sometimes, for whatever reason, it's just stubborn and it doesn't work. Uh, but it's certainly worth a shot um, in order to be able to watch a few recordings on the old iPad. And I expect someday some sort of uh, solution will be had here. Um, we're just kind of waiting it out. Um, all right, so uh, let's see. Yeah, that's a good topic. Uh, what else we got, Carl? We get, we just got the Our Journey books in. Do you want to talk a little bit about those? Yes, I'm going to go to this one and put on my screen and get rid of yours. Oh. Um, so, yeah, I know. Rough, isn't it? So it just came today. This is really, really exciting. Um, what an incredible quality book. I mean, just feeling the, the, the weight and the, the feel of this book, it, it's, it's clearly well made. Um, it is a hardcover book, um, eight and a half by 11. And uh, it, it came maybe half hour ago. So we haven't had really a chance to read it, but both Andrew and I kind of um, thumbed through it. And the photography here is, is really, really great. I, I don't want to get too close because you should buy one so that you could see how fabulous the pictures are. Um, but, uh, it, so it goes through and, and kind of, um, gives you a little bio of, of, um, these different world champions, uh, in their field. So we have pipe majors, we have bandsmen who have won, um, gold medals. We have snare drummers, drum majors, uh, tenor drummers, everything here. Um, and it, the, the photography, I mean, I think you would agree, Andrew, it's, it's just really, really neat to look through. Fander's still out there. Here's a great one of, of some solo channers um, and, and just showing the engraving pattern. So anyway, these are these are in stock. Um, I've got a limited number. We can definitely get more if we sell out, but uh, uh, as of now, it's a limited number, so so don't miss your opportunity to get these. Um, they're, they're really, 
really neat books. Come with a little um, string to keep track of what page you were on. I don't know if that's a cool feature or not, but it's great for the coffee table, you know. Absolutely. Um, I, I think everyone should have one of these and be able to read through it um, and, and just hear the stories about what it takes to be um, that, that successful. It's neat. It's pretty cool. Uh, Andy is saying that uh, Reed Maxwell is not in the book. That's right. There's a lot of people that aren't in the book. Richard's not in the book. Uh, Richard Parks is not in the book. And um, uh, Terry Lee's not in the book. It's sort of more of a, it's less of a pipe band world mm -hmm. championship, world champions thing. And it's more of a, um, it's more just sort of a cross section of various people um, that have, that have been part of piping and drumming at a really high level. Um, oh, great. Lenny's going to order one. That's great. Um, yeah, they're, they're really neat photography, too. One of Louise is in here. Yeah, Jackson. Jackson there. I, th I think it's not only just pipe band, but it's like I, I think you had to have won other, other things as well. Um, I don't think that's true, though, because there were a few people like, um, like Blake Schmidt was in there. Um, as part of SFU that, you know, I'm pretty sure all that he's done is to play in the band, you know, um, so I don't think it was a requirement to have won a whole bunch of other yeah. stuff. I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus. <laughs> who, who are we throwing under the bus? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, that, that's a, it's a neat book. So check that out if you have any questions about it. Uh, Oh, Richard is at the gym and he's watching. See? The world is awesome. Terry Tully's not in the book. Uh, Rob Matheson's in there. Um, Matt Russell's in there. The Cannings are in there. Yeah, it's pretty cool, though. A whole bunch of really cool people. Jim Kilpatrick, of course, is in there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, anyway, so, um, it, great book. Yeah, so hopefully I gave you guys the link there in the chat box. And then, um, you know, uh, I'm starting my webcam back up. Carl will let me be seen again. There we go. Um, so, uh, so there you go. It's going to be really cool book. Certainly a great gift. Let's move on to uh, today's topic, which has to do with uh, planning for the band. And we've got a few people that have typed in. Andrew, are, are bagpipes still louder than a Harley? I don't know. <laughs> I um, uh, A friend made a sh this shirt for me, so I, I like to wear it. It's good bagpipe theme. Uh, Andy said he left his band, so he doesn't have any plans. That a boy. All right. Uh, Patricia says, we need to get more organized as our instructor has multiple jobs and often shows up just before a competition. We have a pipe sergeant, but he hasn't been very active. How to get him to take charge and work with the band earlier in the day than just before the competition is something we need to do. What would be a good way to open this discussion without hurting people's feelings and getting them uh, feeling defensive? That's my question on band planning. So, Patricia, I mean, uh, are you suggesting that you want someone to work with the band the morning of a competition? Because um, I might cautiously suggest that, you know, um, we don't really want to be rehearsing on the day of a competition. Um, but um, Patricia says, no, I need them to warm people up, et cetera. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I think that uh, the leadership has to be active. It's a difficult thing uh, to ask leaders to adjust without, uh, you know, hurting feelings, especially if they're the type of person whose feelings would get hurt should uh, suggestions be made. So I think the best thing you could do is, um, you know, to have conversations and, and be involved in the planning of the band. They wait till the last minute and then get their pipes all wet. And Patricia's a drummer. Okay. Um, well, you know, um, 
obviously planning for games day is a big thing and there needs to be uh, a very careful plan in place for how, how people are going to be warmed up and stuff like that. And if you're a lower grade band, it's very common to have an instructor that comes around to help the band get set up. As a matter of fact, we highly recommend that to any band. Even if um, you have experienced people in charge of the band, it's always great to have a super experienced instructor you know, whose job is specifically to get everybody sounding good. Uh, okay, so you're going to bring it up at the AGM. That's pretty cool. I, I, might, I might suggest, um, you know, bringing things up before the AGM as well. You know, there's so many things that go on at a band AGM, it could be hard to suggest big change and expect things to actually happen. Um, and so, for example, what we've done in Orin Moore is, you know, we have a lot of things that we do, um, various little teams inside of Orin Moore. We have various plans that we've made, um, and we're just going to present those things at the AGM to make sure everybody's happy with them, try and keep it short and sweet. Uh, but meanwhile, there has been a lot of planning on our part to make that happen. So I might suggest uh, querying the uh, associated parties here in, in this issue, uh, Patricia, for sure, to see if, if you can uh, get that sorted out. Yeah, like to wait to the AGM, that's, you know, that might be too late, so you got to be careful with that. As far as not hurting feelings, I think you just have to be respectful of the things that they have done well. Um, and just say, you know, here are the areas that I really think need improvement. And if your leader is any good, they will agree with you. Um, and the issue might just be how to solve the problem. Cool. Um, right, Les says, address the problems and not the people. And if the people get upset about the fact that you're working to address problems, they're probably not the right people. Uh, I've learned that the hard way many, 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 many times. Um, there are a lot of people who don't like problem solving if it has to do with them. <laughs> yeah, and if it wouldn't go over well, you know, if, if for example, you know, we, we spoke a little bit last week about the concept of checking the ego at the door, um, which um, we all have very large egos. Uh, in in the world and we all think highly of ourselves but when it comes to the band we have to be able to set that aside and do what's best for the sort of collective band ego you might say right and if um, if they if the leadership can't check their ego at the door um, they need to go or or they need to learn how to check the ego at the door because uh, in my opinion there's nothing more harmful to a group um, that, than a leader who can't put their own personal issues aside uh, for the good of the organization. And by the way, that should be a prerequisite to leadership. Yeah, word only that simple because, of course, if they if they leave, um, then you could be in a tough spot. But you know, I would always rather I would rather be in a tough spot with a good group of people than a mediocre spot uh, with a group of people who are obsessed with themselves and and not willing to do what it takes for the group. Andrew says some people will never learn that, and that's true. That's probably true. Yes. Um, Patricia, you know, I can speak from experience. Um, I am, some might say, I'm notorious uh, because I refuse to tiptoe around problems. Um, but I also like to think uh, that that's part of the reason our band has been able to improve so much every single year um, in, you know, at every juncture um, is because we're a group that likes to approach problems head on. Uh, it's a very difficult thing to do. And, uh, you know, less saying address problems, not people, totally. Or, um, and the same goes for opportunities, right? You also address opportunities as opposed to addressing the people that will be involved in those opportunities. For example, uh, when the band first went to the Worlds, you know, the opportunity was let's go to the Worlds, and some people didn't really want to. Um, and that was kind of, um, you know, that wasn't, that wasn't the point. The point is, you know, the band, it's in the band's best interest to pursue this opportunity. And if certain people don't want to pursue that opportunity, you know, then uh, 
they either have to wrap their heads around it or it might not end up being the right place for them. So, um, yeah, it gets, it does get you in trouble, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, drummers should not be low on the totem pole, right? Um, every, every member of the band, okay. Every member of the band and certainly every musical item in the ensemble has a very important role to play. And so, uh, if you're low on the totem pole, that's, um, that's a sign of uh, a team that's not going to be as strong as it could be. The bottom right, it's a tab. They're, they're using private messages and they're probably oh, yeah. talking messages. about us probably, and probably talking how about dead us. sexy we are. <laughs> you're going to go there. Okay. I had my... Um, I had my birthday dinner last night, so uh, I'm a little bit grimy this morning. I just kind of had to roll out of bed and make it happen. Hey to you. Happy birthday to you. Oh, no. No singing. That's bad. If you want to get the pipes out and play it, you can do that. But no singing. Can I detune them so, first? Uh, no. Okay. So, uh, so, Patricia, I don't know. That's definitely a big topic. Uh, we talked about that a little bit last week, addressing um, – the ego thing, and, and that could be a big sort of cultural paradigm shift. Um, and a lot of people, um, a lot of people agree that that's a good idea, and then the implementation of that is really difficult. So, all right, Nathaniel says, how to transform a band that has been strictly parades and tattoo oriented for many years into a decent competition ready band? Uh, two or three capable players, one out of three not capable. Um, Nathaniel, um, hopefully you're not suggesting you have only three players because unfortunately I think the minimum to compete is five. So yeah, so yeah, two thirds capable players, one third not capable. All right, we talked we touched on this a little bit in last week's podcast too. So make sure you check that out. Um, again, um, I think I think the issue is uh, as we talked about last week, a clearly defined uh, mission or vision for the band. Uh, I think the important thing is to start there. And even though some people are not capable yet, they should certainly, um, you know, you certainly have to have a plan to make them capable. And then on the assumption you're going to continue to do parades and performances and stuff, the next big question is how do you integrate the parade and performance repertoire with the competition repertoire? And, and how do you uh, schedule rehearsals? Wow, 40 total players. Well, there you go. You shouldn't you shouldn't have a big problem then. So you can you can have a competition segment of the band, and then a performance segment. Um, let's see, I'm getting a private message now. What does it say? Oh, someone said happy birthday. <clears throat> thanks thanks for the private birthday message, Dan. Yeah. And then a lot of people are capable but don't want to compete. Yep. And like I said, I think you can structure the organization to uh, facilitate people that don't want to compete. Um, you just have to be clear and concise about how you want to do that. Let's talk about that because the next thing I want to just, um, I want to I want to brainstorm a little bit and maybe help get the creative juices flowing. This is the time of year that we need to make plans for next year. Uh, you know, one of the things that we always do, I always do, and people think I'm a little bit of a freak sometimes, but I always do it, and the, the band always does it, uh, and the business always does it, is we, um, we come up with a big, fat, hairy, audacious goal, which is actually uh, something from a book I read once. Jim, was it Jim Collins, maybe? That might be his term. It's actually a, like a patented term, the big, hairy, audacious goal. It's not BHAG, it's BHAG, but yes. Um, nice try, though, Carl. Uh, <laughs> there you go. The big, hairy, audacious goal. I want everybody to. I want everybody to think about this. So, it's something that, it's something that you want to achieve, even though you feel like uh, right now it's not realistic. So let, let's do this. Let's have a little brainstorming session. I want you to think about. Um, let's think about this year. Um, so anywhere from one to three years from, from today, right? So one to three years from today, 
think about something you'd really like to see your band do. And by the way, if you're not in a band, um, you can do it on a personal level too. Absolutely. Um, this is sort of a band theme uh, today, but and we'll be talking mostly about that, but you can do that for yourself. But type in a goal for your organization that is that you'd like to achieve even though you know um, or even though you assume or you think it's not realistic. So let's all type that in. I'll type mine in. All right. See, that's a great one. Move the band to grade four by the end of next season. That's a great, big, hairy goal. Uh, here's mine. Uh, make the top six at the Worlds with Oren Moore. That's my big, fat goal. Big, fat, nasty, grimy goal there. That's mine. Uh, let's see. Andy, Andy's big goal seat. I don't know if that's big and hairy enough, Andy, for this particular exercise. If you could put a number on it, like like a grade two band or something, then it could be big and hairy, or a grade one band. Um, but but I, you know, obviously it's still a good thing. I'm just uh, talking for the exercise here. Les says need to grow numbers of pipers, so you need to add two pipers and add three drummers. So Les, is that big and hairy and audacious, or are you just being realistic? Because, um, you know, what's the ideal number of pipers that you need to grow? Okay. Andy's goal is to make it in the circle. I think, okay, so there you go. David wants to get the courage to start competing solo. Okay, excellent. Colin says, get a large enough players together to have a band. Okay, Colin, so uh, follow that up. You don't have to do it on the chat, but make sure you have specific numbers in mind. Um, because uh, sometimes you can say, we've got to get enough players. Um, but unless you have that specific goal to shoot for, it's not really big and hairy. It doesn't really get in your face and, and make you confront reality. So make sure you have a measurement in there of some kind. All right. Nate says, top three in some Southwest games. Again, I'm not sure that's big and hairy enough. You know, like top uh, three top at all Southwest games. Yep, top three at every single Southwest game sounds good. Or win at least one Southwest games, you see, because then top three would be sort of a natural prerequisite. Andy will wear a wig. Excellent. Nathaniel says, best Army regimental band in Canada within two years. Okay, now, Nathaniel, is there a way to measure that? Like, do they have regimental competitions? I'm not quite sure. Uh, but, uh, you know, so I guess, everybody, make sure your big, hairy goal has a way of being measured. For example, to be top six at the Worlds, which is what I'd like to do this year, uh, the measurement's pretty simple. We're either top six or we're not. Uh, and we could also measure how far we have to go based on where we've been in the past and how much we improve. Lenny says, add more pipers to the band who are actually committed and show up to practice. How many more? Fifteen. Yeah, like, what's the number? Because one person could show up and then, oh, that you achieved the goal, yeah. Les says that is a huge percentage gain. Uh, the two two pipers and three drummers, so that's excellent. Colin says more than two, okay. Gary asks rhetorically, how can you achieve it if you can't quantify it? That's right. So, so a way of measuring the goal is absolutely key. Awesome. Andy, that's a great personal goal, it sounds like. Compete well enough so you can be upgraded to open. Yeah. Again, like I might have, I might have more quantifiable things in there too, Andy. Like, you know, uh, what do I need to do to be upgraded to open? Well, I need to win. I need to win several. You know, probably need to win or or do really well in several competitions. So you could say, you know, so I'm going to win. Uh, I'm going to win every solo competition I play so that I can get upgraded to open. It's just like for me, the area is a little bit gray there. You know, so. I would want, if that were my goal, I would say something, yeah, exactly, going to win them all. That's good. Um, I would say, I would try to be more exact about what I needed to do to be upgraded. 
Like, all right, my goal, and it's big and fat and hairy, is to win every contest so that obviously I'll be upgraded to open. That's the big hairy goal. Now, obviously, uh, in, unless uh, you're really, really, really awesome, you're going to fall short of that every now and then, but you still might have enough left over to make the jump and so, um, you know, stuff like that. For example, Oren Moore, uh, you know, we might only be 10th this year. We might not make that big hairy goal, but it's certainly what we're going to shoot for. Okay, so that's great, everybody. Thanks for participating there with that. Oh, there's a couple more. Get our grade five band to the world in 2015. Awesome. Uh, one of the things about that goal, William, is that there are no grade five bands at the world. Um, it's only grade four. So um, you'll need to be you need to start preparing uh, the music that you need to play in 4B at the Worlds, um, which isn't too hard. And, uh, you know, certainly with two, yep, certainly with two years of preparation, you're going to be able to do that, no problem. All right, now, we talked about how these goals might be a little bit unrealistic, okay? So, um, and again, you don't have to chat in, although it would be cool if you did. Uh, what are some of the things that make these big, hairy goals unrealistic? Like, what are some of the major things you're going to have to figure out in order for this even to be a remote possibility? For example, you know, in Oren Moore, uh, we, have to, we have to figure out a way to get our drum corps, which is now geographically very widespread. You know, one of the things that we're attacking full on right now is that we... Uh, need to innovate ways uh, to get people into town uh, to be able to have focused practices. So in order for us to make the top six, that's absolutely going to happen. And so, um, you know, or the Oren Moore team and, and Mike Eagle, we're all working on that really hard uh, to make that happen. And then obviously in the pipe core, uh, you know, we, we have... We have a really solid plan, which is great. We need to work on getting everyone playing to the plan. You know, those are a couple of things. Um, our pipe core is not realistically able to compete at the top six level yet, but we plan to tackle those obstacles and make it happen. Um, so, you know, so what are some of those things? Can anyone give us a few examples of, of uh, roadblocks that we're going to have to figure out how to get over in order to achieve this big, nasty goal? Andy says, for on a personal level, he needs to find a piper, and you're absolutely right. And that could be a big roadblock for a solo drummer. You've got to find the right piper um, that, that actually plays well and can listen. Um, and that's like an added piece of the puzzle that's really hard for drummers. Nate says, we don't have the skills to ruin our band well. Oh, tune. Okay. Uh, that's good. Um, okay, good. So you need to develop a plan for tuning. Absolutely. Patricia says, what happened to the duty pipers? That's a topic for a rainy day. Um, so Nate, um, that's a that's an excellent roadblock. So in a second, maybe I'll come back and I'll I'll see some, uh, you know, and we'll we'll look at some potential solutions. What about other folks? So we had some people who needed to increase the membership. Uh, what are some roadblocks to, to that? Like, what's stopping you? Why didn't you do that last year? What was stopping you? Richard says, not that I need to be validated, but my thoughts on pipe and upward movement based on goals and buy-in, it really is the ticket. Yep, uh, it, it definitely is. It's the ticket in any organization. You know, like, like why did, uh, you know, why has Apple done so well? You know, um, it has to do with goal setting and, and pushing. Or, or take uh, Google, uh, for example, or... Uh, or Microsoft back in the day, you know, a personal computer on every desk by a certain date. That was their big hairy goal, you know. Hey, Andy, thanks for joining us. He's got to run. We, we too wish you had an hour lunch. Okay, excellent roadblock. How do you advertise that you need new pipers and drummers? That's a great question. That's a big roadblock. Um, Les says geography. Grade five band doesn't have a draw outside of this central geography. And that's, that's true of a lot of grade five bands. 
unless they're doing something really special like uh, like it's just for juveniles, right? Then you can draw in people from a greater region, or if you're going to Scotland, that can draw people in. But that's a big roadblock. How do you deal with your central geography? Uh, how do you get recruiting out of sort of a semi-stagnant population? By the way, we can talk about some potential answers in a few minutes, but the whole point here is we don't have the answers. But let's identify what the roadblocks are. Um, yep, we have people with open houses. That's cool. Okay, so we had our big hairy goals. What else do we have? Some people wanted to, um, one person wanted to take their band to Scotland. What's stopping you? Why didn't you go to Scotland already? What are the big obstacles? All right, let's identify the problems here first, and then we'll go into some, some more uh, problem solving maybe in a little bit. Like people are talking about websites. Money, fundraising, that's a big, big, uh, that's a big obstacle. Facebook, so people are talking about marketing approaches. What about other roadblocks, though? Let's talk about more roadblocks. Nathaniel says money. Can you be more specific? Like, what do you need the money for? Are you sure it costs that much? Less, uh, I, I know this is an issue close to Les's heart. Death of games in the area. Yeah, so a lot of Highland games are kind of petering out and dying in the, in the modern era. Yeah, exactly. We talked about some of Foreign Moore's roadblocks. Um, I know that other roadblocks uh, are definitely, I mean, one of the big ones we've already touched on is um, lack, of a, lack of a distinct mission. But guess what? Uh, one of the things I would like to put forward is that having a big, hairy, nasty goal is going to be the mission of your group. Defining what that big, nasty goal is and getting people to buy into that, that's key. And then there's no question what membership in the organization involves. For example, if the big, fat goal is to uh, compete in grade five and to win, where originally you were a parade or tattoo band, right? If you change that goal, then everyone knows what's involved. Some people might not want to pursue that goal, in which case the organization um, might not be for them. Now, you know, going back to the parade turning into a competition group, how are we going to raise money in order to support our competition efforts? Well, we're going to do parades and tattoos and stuff to raise money. I mean, so um, continuing on with some of the older things you used to do um, can support your new goal. For example, you know, um, Dojo University is a big project of ours, um, but we're certainly not going to throw out our retail arm because we came up with this cool idea for Dojo U. As a matter of fact, um, the original arm is a building block and it helps support the school, right? So, so the two things happen. And so, you know, the big fat goal doesn't necessarily mean you have to throw out the old things that you used to do. Bill says, our band is scattered all over the state of California. How do you get the practices in and how do you raise money? So geographical issues. Do you have someone who can put on a games as we have some in New Hampshire that are small and they only do competitions and then they eventually grow? It's a great idea. It's sort of a long-term plan. You'd need to have a five-year plan probably to get that up and going. Yep. So putting on your own events is a great idea and it's a great way to raise money. Yep. Keeping things moving forward. And the other thing too about hosting your own competition events is it absolutely supports what will be the big hairy goal for most pipe bands, which is musical development. So Oren Moore used to do that. Uh, we used to put on solo competitions. Um, and now some of the other local bands are doing that, and, and we've moved on to other things. Uh, but we used to hold solo competitions because 
uh, to have a venue for our players to compete and to develop is obviously going to help us achieve our goal, which is, uh, you know, to win in grade one. It also helps us achieve our recruiting goals because other competitors, other top pipers were coming to our event and we got a chance to meet them. And uh, in many cases, um, in, in many cases, discuss the possibility of them eventually someday being an RMR. So it's good for recruiting as well. Host your own event. Uh, host your own competition. A lot of competitions are dying. So let's host, let's host your own small, and it can start small with just some solo. Remember, solo competitions benefit the band probably just as much as a band competition would. And the vast majority of soloists don't need prize money or anything. And it's really easy uh, to start an event and to sanction it with the EOSPBA. And then it's also pretty easy to send emails out to all the local bands and players to see if they'll come compete. If you could get a hold of some cool prizes, you could even do an unsanctioned event. Just remember that people need some sort of incentive to come and play. Yep, it's surprisingly simple to start an indoor contest. Just got to do a little bit of research. R research, yeah. Good. Let's talk about geography. How do we um, how how do we troubleshoot the issue of geography? Uh, people being from far away, and you need to practice. How do how do how have various people addressed that in the past? And then, if you need to get really good, like you're going to go to the worlds, how do you ramp that up for the future? Um, a lot of bands around the world deal with this issue. So what are some of the different ways we, that we deal with geography? Any takers? Um, I, uh, well, other people may type in. I can give you some thoughts as to how Oren Moore deals with it. Um, first of all, we have, we have small practices and big, big practices, and that really helps. So we have small local practices. So we've got a bunch of guys in New Jersey, and they practice. Uh, uh, hopefully with Keegan or another experienced player, but sometimes they don't, they just get together. Uh, we've got people in Albany, we've got people out towards Boston, uh, and so we have little local practices, and then we mix those with big practices, so people aren't expected to make a huge journey every single week. Okay, that's one, that's one easy way, or easy thing to start thinking about. All right. Um, Nate says, make CDs of the music. Yeah, that's a great idea. Um, and in the modern era, I would recommend, rather than making CDs, uh, to make really small MP3s that you can email out to the band and you can post on websites. The problem with CDs is, number one, they're expensive and time-consuming to make. And number two is if you make any musical changes, you've got you to gotta somehow get everyone to throw out those CDs. All right, so uh, CDs, uh, I might recommend uh, getting into some MP3s and some digital delivery. You could start with email, but then what Oren Moore has is we have a little website that only members can access where they can uh, download updated materials. Okay. Um, just throwing it out there. Bruce says people need to be self-motivators, and that's that's true. Uh, are there any? Is there anything you can do though? Like, let's. As the, is there anything the band can do to provide incentive for players? Right. Like, let's let's face it. When it's really really cold outside and the weather's really really dry and the pipes sound kind of crappy to begin with, um, and things are busy. It's like Christmas season. Are you motivated to play at that time of year? Right? Aren't there times where all of us are not all overly motivated and we need a little incentive of some kind? Are there any incentives you can offer to people that help get them fired up about their own personal playing? The answer is yes, by the way, um, and you, you just need to figure it out. More and more for years, we've done a coaching program, which is where uh, different players create uh, recordings of their playing, and then they sign on to like a Skype room with one of the band leaders. Um, uh, we've got three or more coaches. 
uh, and then we work with them on their material. And we expect that they make those recordings on a regular basis. And more and more, it's like once a week, probably, maybe once every two weeks. Uh, but in a lower grade band, um, it could be maybe once every two weeks or even longer. But just something, uh, some sort of tangible thing for people to work on and to produce so that you can work on them and go over them. And it also gives whatever, whoever the band leader is, it could also give them a lot of information about where the real improvement needs to be made. For example, uh, you know, every single recording I heard in the past month had tons and tons and tons of crossing noises in them. Okay, well that means we need to address crossing noises uh, in order for the band to get better. Bam, super easy. And it also incentivizes people because they know they got to produce this recording. And some people it's like pulling teeth, other people are happy to do it, and you just have to figure out how to pull the teeth. Uh, Richard says, I'm not sure if this is on topic or off, but he said he had a local Battle of the Bands event and used local TV celebrities as judges. Yeah, as far as innovating, um, you know, innovating ways to keep things interesting, that's a great idea. Nathaniel says, PDFs of music, put them online? Absolutely. PDFs are great, um, and they're also easily updatable and replaceable. Uh, one of the problems with handing out paper music is you've got to figure out a way for them to shred that when new music comes out or changes come out. So PDFs are really good. Uh, and then a YouTube channel for tenor drummers. Um, people in Oren Moore will tell you I have a YouTube channel for Oren Moore Pipers. It's a lot more engaging um, to watch a recording than it is to just listen. And for the record, our tenor drummers are also doing that, and snare drummers. Yep. Tenor drummers are absolutely essential because you need to see with all the flourishing and stuff like that. Uh, but uh, I teach a lot of lessons on the material using YouTube. It's a great, great resource. I can actually record straight into YouTube if I want. Um, you know, you don't even need any special software or anything. Yes, the Battle of Ands idea is a great way to attract new members. Yep, you can privately list your videos so only your people can access them. That's absolutely true. Patricia uses Dropbox. Dropbox is an amazing tool. Yep. And you can even hook your Dropbox into your website. And then David, uh, you know, he's a step ahead of all of us because he keeps his PDFs on his iPad, and that makes it so you don't have to print them. Uh, you're totally, you're totally with you. We're totally with you on that one, David. I'm just too cheap to get an iPad. Right. Richard says the problem was judges were more impressed with street bands playing patriotic tunes than the competition band that played really good traditional stuff. Yes. That's a whole new can of worms, Richard. Is there a reason judges are more impressed with patriotic stuff, like the common man? Are there anything we could do to be more widely appealing um, to the common man? That's a big can of worms. Lee says, how do you set it for private on YouTube? When you upload it, you just click private. <laughs> it's as simple as that. People would know the bands exist. And by the way, some people want to play in bands that play patriotic music not necessarily particularly well. And some people want to learn bagpipes to play at a high level. You're only interested in the people who are interested in you. That's good. Carl, what do you have to add here? Um, are there any uh, more, any further topics here before we wrap it up for today? Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I've just been kind of listening and... and, and thinking about all these, these great ideas here, how to recruit. Been oh, I have been. I have not. <laughs> I've been listening. Um, it, it's, it's always tough, but I, I think it is important, as you say, to just get those goals and then get behind it. And, and it's also important to motivate your band um, behind those goals. Um, I know one of the things that I started uh, with Iona was a concert. Um, 
because we needed something to one raise money, two raise awareness, um, and, and three to to give the band something to really work towards to improve. Um, and, and so, in that way, it's very relevant. So you know that's what we did in order to um, move the band forward, raise money, and raise awareness. Was it was have a concert, and we worked really hard hard towards that goal. Um, and uh, you know, in, in year one, that was a big, hairy, audacious goal um, that most people didn't think our band was going to be able to pull off. So, um, you know, I, I think that is very important, and and it helps a lot to do things like that. So, I like the Battle of Bands contest. I, I really like that idea. I think we should try that, Andrew. Yeah, Battle of the Bands. I think we'd win. <laughs> But uh, I think yeah, I, I mean, invite my band. I would only invite my band to the battle of the bands. So it's a one-man battle. Can I elaborate more about what the big hairy goal is for? The big hairy, nasty, audacious goal is something that currently is beyond your reach, but it's something you really want to achieve. Okay, and it needs to be measurable in some way. That's the only catch. Okay, so for example. My, my big, 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 hairy, audacious goal is I want to win the world in grade one with an American pipe band. That's uh, as far as my band is concerned. That's my big, hairy, audacious goal. In business, I want to be a kajillionaire. Um, but I haven't figured out how many zeros are in that yet, so that needs more development. Um, so, uh, but in the band, my big, big, big goal is to win the world uh, in grade one with an American pipe band. It's been my big, hairy goal for a long time. Uh, but I have smaller, big, hairy goals along the way. For example, this year, I want to be in top six in grade one at the Worlds. It's my big, hairy goal. Am I going to achieve it? Um, I'm certainly going to try. I'm certainly going to work my butt off. And I know very well that I might not be able to achieve that. Okay, so, um, so that's what it is. It's got to be measurable. So I can't just say, I want my band to get awesome. Okay, that's not a big, hairy goal. Uh, my, the big, hairy goal is, I want my band to be so awesome that we'll be in the top six at the World Pipe Band Championships. That's my big, hairy goal. And then all of my decision-making between now and the deadline for that goal, which is August of whatever, all of my decision-making will be oriented towards trying to achieve that goal. And of course, as we know, we often, you, you could argue, we always fall at least a little bit short of some of these big goals. Uh, but in striving to achieve them, we're going to make giant leaps forward. Okay, so that's, that's uh, what the big hairy goal is all about. And every single organization on the planet should have one. And everyone has to buy into the goal. And if they don't, they're not going to fit in. Usually, big, hairy goals are something everyone would like if it were possible. Um, everyone has to be encouraged not... I mean, obviously, there are going to be huge, enormous ro roadblocks in the way. That's the whole point. Um, we have to overcome the roadblocks. Somehow. Man, Gary, did you used to be like a motivational speaker or something? If you aren't growing, you are dying. Amazing. Deep. Deep thoughts of Gary. Back to the problem of where we are and the easiest place to get to practice is what brings members in so they may not always have the same goals. I'm not. I don't understand that sentence, Patricia. I'm sorry. Ah, Gary taught management at a college level. Cool. That's awesome. And I'm glad you seem to approve of what I'm saying. So that means maybe I'll be a good manager. Oh yeah, great question. David says. Uh, bagpipe music writer classes are indeed premium level membership stuff. Um, so uh, and that's happening next week. 
I think, is it October 2nd, I want to say? Hold that thought. Um, yeah, we have a really cool two-part class with Rob, um, Rob McNeil. Okay, so uh, he is the person who invented Bagpipe Music Writer. Uh, and that's going to be 8.30 Eastern on October 2nd. So one week today is going to be that class on Bagpipe Music Writer. And it's going to be really cool because it's an amazing program, but the big barrier to entry there is that a lot of people don't know how to use it. So that is a premium class. Yes, David. As will be the composition class with Bruce Gandy, which is starting two weeks today. Um, Bruce is a famous, famous composer who I would argue has changed the landscape of modern piping in a big way. Uh, a lot of the work that, that the Ontario scene was doing in the 80s and early 90s has really changed the way that we look at uh, music in any way. Bruce is coming to teach composing, which is going to be really, really cool. So that's coming up at Dojo U. And then, of course, next week, uh, the launch of Dojo U Drumming is coming up. So if, uh, if you guys could uh, let people know and, and direct them in this direction for that, that would be really appreciated. There'll be some emails going out um, over the next couple of days getting people geared up for that. Okay. Uh, awesome thoughts. Great discussion, everybody. Thanks so much for coming. Uh, for now, I think, however, we're going to wrap it up. So we'll see everybody next week on Dojo Universe. Nate says, Snack you. You're very welcome. All right, you're welcome. We'll see you later, everybody.